fridge is going to monitor the stuff that is available in the refrigerator and see if any items are going to expire very soon if certain items are going to expire then it will send an alert message to the user or the consumer saying that hey you know some uh, cabbage that you have brought uh, one week ago is not used i think you have you may have to throw it okay and that person immediately responds to you Hello, welcome to the episode 23 of the Bell Coyote podcast. IoT everything with me, Sai Prakash Belkeri. In this episode, we are going to touch upon a subject, a elementive subject of IoT which is called as pervasive computing and to talk about that uh, and to give deep insights about what that subject is and how it is going to change the way we look at each and every uh, computing device around us. is uh, you know to explain that thing we have navin shamala with us who is also a podcaster who is influencing a tons of people uh, especially in india with his podcast uh, especially students are uh, you know i i have seen a lot of st- students who really get inspired by his podcast because he has such an you know uh, uh, inspirate uh, inspirational uh, or, uh, guests on his uh, podcast and also uh, he himself is also a speaker and he has uh, helped a lot of uh, people on their course of their journey uh, also he is working as a digital transformation leader for a connected commerce company who is uh, which is helping a lot of uh, com- uh, commerce uh, companies out there so let's without further ado let's welcome him uh, hello navin how are you doing hey uh, sai i am doing very well thank you thanks for having it's me it's great Th- thanks thanks a lot for your your time i know uh, you are very you know uh, occupied with your podcast and your regular work and a lot of other uh, social work that you have taken up for yourself but thanks a lot for giving your time here uh, this afternoon and uh, before we start uh, quickly introduce about yourself and also your uh, podcast which is the guiding voice podcast why did you start it and uh, how is it going okay all right so <clears throat> i want to be very brief about my introduction so this is navin samala and i am based out of hyderabad and i have about uh, 18 years of uh, it industry experience and i started my career as a java programmer way back in 2003 soon after graduating from computer science engineering and then i worked briefly for a company called phenomena software solutions for about 3 years and then i joined general electric where i spent majority of my career which is about 11 years there joined there as a programmer and scaled up till program manager and in between i took the roles of a systems analyst project manager global program management office and operations program wow. manager and g is the company which which transformed me personally and professionally and uh, because of g i'm standing as a leader here out in the it industry and g has also helped me complete my lean six sigma green belt and black belt certification Ooh. and uh, soon after that uh, i joined uh, a company called cdk global which is into automotive retail and digital marketing and i headed the operational excellence function there and my stint was very brief there about two years two months but that company was very great and uh, they have sponsored me do my lean six sigma master black belt certification from uh, uh, indian statistical institute bangalore and after that uh, i worked with uh, adp which is into payroll processing industry as a business process innovation leader helping uh, their employer services international businesses 
catching to UK, Netherlands and Australia. And that was again a brief stint. And right now, recently I joined a company which is into connected commerce industry. And uh, we help uh, all the banking and uh, retail uh, industries and the companies uh, so that we handle the payments as well as uh, process various different uh, uh, transactions. So that is in brief about me. And uh, coming to the podcast, the Guiding Voice podcast, which is one of the fastest uh, growing tech podcast. And I would say it is the only podcast which uh, encompasses the entire world of uh, professional students, IT employees and professional and, uh, and also entrepreneurs mm. across the globe. And uh, this was started uh, in collaboration with uh, one of my ex-colleagues and my dear friend, uh, Sudhakar Naganla. Right? Uh, we both uh, share the same passion of giving back to society by sharing all the knowledge that we have learned. And our mission is very big. We would like to reach more than a million people within the next uh, two to wow. three years. So that by listening to our episodes, our audience should be able to shape their careers and lives. So that's why we named it as uh, the guiding voice. And um, I'm proud to share that uh, within 10 and a half months span, we have already released 90 episodes and uh, we are about to launch our 100th episode, which is going to be a very blockbuster with one of the most influential speakers in the world. And uh, our journey, though it has started as a, uh, I would say the Corona lockdown product but uh, by looking at the response that we are receiving from uh, the audience as well as all our speaker community like uh, it is propelling us to move forward right now uh, we don't see that this particular season is going to end very soon just that we are looking for more and more topics and in case if anybody has any suggestions related to topics also they can reach out to us so that's about the guiding voice and the guiding voice is available on all the podcasting platforms including uh, apple podcast google podcast geo savan amazon music and also on youtube just search for the guiding voice on anywhere on the social media be it facebook instagram linkedin pinterest or twitter and you'll wow. find us and thanks for having me here again uh, sai you have been doing great with this uh, iot podcast i believe this is the only podcast dedicated for internet of things which is going to be the future and uh, uh, as mentioned earlier like i'm pleased wow, to be here definitely you know uh, definitely uh, your podcast is one of the uh, uh, unique uh, podcasts out there where it is not only you know bringing in a lot of uh, uh, influential speakers but also is helping uh, a lot of uh, students out there who do not know uh, where to start with what to start with and how you know how do we there's there's a huge gap between you know when you switch from uh, your reg, regular educational uh, stuff to uh, industry you are basically bridging that gap very well uh, I, I really appreciate that but also with that you uh, i heard you are also uh, teaching at bits pilani uh, bits hyderabad maybe uh, uh, as a pervasive computing uh, on the subject of per pervasive computing so uh, so firstly explain us what exactly is pervasive computing so pervasive computing in layman terms is about computing anywhere and everywhere like for example the platform that we are on right now hmm. zencaster right it is enabling us to connect though we are located in remote places 
right? And it is able to capture our audio and video over the network. And it it is all possible because of computing being made ubiquitous. Yes. So in simple terms, computers or computing capability, if at all it is available everywhere, it is called as pervasive mm. computing. Because right now, at any point in time, each one of us is carrying at least one computer Correct. with us. And you might wonder who is holding what computer, but smartphone itself mm. is a computer. It is capable of, it is, uh, it, it is more capable than a desktop or a laptop. If you look at Correct. the configuration of your smartphone and compare it with your laptop or maybe your desktop, your desktop might have 4 GB RAM or probably mm -hmm. 8 GB RAM. Whereas your smartphone is uh, outbeating it with probably eight, minimum 8 or 12 or mm. 16 gigs, right? And if you look at uh, the number of apps that are installed and the kind of uh, convenience that it mm. is enabling, right? So you are holding a computer in your palm. And not only that, if you talk about the smartwatch, right? The smartwatch, these days, it has become a fad. Rather than calling it as a fad, it has become a basic necessity mm. for everyone because of the outbreak of the corona pandemic everybody is focused on their health and they're wearing these correct, smart correct. watches what is a smart watch it is again a pervasive computer it is a computer on your wrist right computer and uh, talking about this uh, wrist watches the smart watches right they are able to uh, monitor your health vitals be it your uh, spo2 levels or be it your uh, uh, ECG, right? Especially Apple offers mm. that kind of stuff. And apart from apart from monitoring your body temperature and many more. So if you look at the devices that are available, right? Everything has a computer in it. Everything is a computer sure. in itself. So in layman terms, that is all about pervasive computer. But, but what exactly does this word pervasive mean? Uh, you know, uh, all this is computing, and uh, what what exactly is does a word does uh, a significance this word pervasive add? If you talk about the lexical meaning mm -hmm. of pervasive, right, it means like omnipresent or present mm -hmm. everywhere. And the reason it is called as present everywhere or pervasive is because of ease of carryability okay. or portability, right, and. If you imagine computers which were launched in 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, or even the personal computer which was conceptualized and released by uh, Mr. Bill Gates as part mm -hmm. of his Microsoft, right? Because of his dream, everybody is having a computer at their home and all. And later on, which is I would rather Jobs. argue that it was Steve Jobs than Bill Gates. <laughs> it's a debatable <laughs> thing, although, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but... But if you look at the evolution of these computers, right? Earlier, they used to be very bulky or massive. And now the size has shrunk. Mm -hmm. So which means, and you are able to carry Correct. them everywhere and anywhere. And and it doesn't mm -hmm. require a special power connection, right? As And all the devices mm -hmm. that are available today, they're all battery powered. As long as you are able to charge them, right? They're able to uh, mm -hmm. keep running for about eight hours or 24 hours and in some cases there are certain personal uh, smartphones which are having like 6000 mAh battery like which means even for a normal user like yeah. me i can use that particular phone 
without charging for about three 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 days or beyond so that's why it is called as pervasive hope that helps uh, definitely it helps and uh, but you know whenever we uh, talk about any technology uh, it has uh, its own cycle it has its own evolution right uh, like it uh, like say for example the very uh, telecom industry if you take we had 1g 2g 3g 4g and now or does 5G and also we hear, we hear that 6G is also uh, completed by Samsung. I mean, they are ready with 6G also. But what evolution did this pervasive computing go through? What kind of evolution did we see? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Like if you were to go back to 1940s, right? So mm-hmm. since the time, the ENIAC, the very first computer was uh, developed by Charles, by Charles Babage right the computer used to be very huge in size like it used to be almost like a two-story building and with vacuum tubes running and emitting loads of heat and for running a command itself it used to take uh, anywhere between 10 minutes to 15 minutes and to get the output again you have to wait so from there Mm. You have seen the computer size shrinking further, further and came down to roughly size of a watch. And these days we are also talking about Correct. smart rings that will be the new trend, which we will see. Right. So that's how the evolution has happened in the size part of it. But if you really observe the mm. history, the computing mm. wide scale adoption of computing has begun when these mainframes were created. In the mainframes era, there were one. Mm. There was one computer which many people started using it. In fact, uh, you don't believe, or even most of your audience—I don't know—the age group or the demography. But if they are the millennials or probably Gen Z, they might wonder. But there are still certain banking and finance organizations which are still using mainframe systems. In fact, in not to deviate yeah. from the topic, but mainframes are the earlier are the uh, I would say the older form of cloud computing, in my opinion. So after the mainframes, wherein mm-hmm. one computer served many people, then came the PC era, which started uh, roughly in about uh, d- during about 1965. However, it gained a lot of momentum in the 1980s, and uh, it reached the pinnacle during 95. So at that point in time it was more about one person one computer but today like after 1990s right once the laptop got released mm-hmm. and the palm tops and the trios and the blackberries all of them started getting released into the market then there is an upshoot into this computing and at the same time if you look at the price has come down drastically like what it used to cost one one pc used to cost in 1980s Within that cost, you are able to get mm. four or five devices in the late 1995 and early 2000 and all. So that led to the widespread use of this ubiquitous computing, which is also called as pervasive computing, wherein single person is started using multiple computers. See, on an average, Sai, here, here comes a question. On, on an average, how many devices do you use on a daily basis? Uh, well, uh, some roughly, I have some five to six devices which have its own computing ability at my home okay let me tell you like when i started my career in 2003 right i had only two devices one is office laptop 
not even laptop at that initially i was given a desktop mm-hmm. and i used to carry a base phone mm-hmm. the normal phone the basic phone okay which was not smart in nature but today i have to let me guess that was nokia 1100 <laughs> not really like i i belong to uh, probably a little older generation i think my first phone was 3310 oh. <laughs> okay which is most most popular right yeah so and even if you ask your uh, elder siblings or probably your parents right mm-hmm. they might also answer the same thing probably at one point in time they might have Correct. used only one device or no device at all and mm-hmm. i'll give you my own example like when i was in my fifth standard there was only one computer in our school and we used to peep through the window hole to look at that computer which was positioned in a very big hall and mm-hmm. in case if somebody has to enter you have to take principal sir permission and you need to <laughs> uh, really sign up in the record and make sure that you don't execute any commands or you don't touch the keyboard just that you have to go and visit it that used to be the situation but fast forward 25 years where are we now mm-hmm. even the school children are attending their classes online using their parents smartphone or in some cases parents are going ahead and buying smartphone for their kids as well right so this is just not believe it but uh, my brother yesterday came to me and he said uh, please subscribe to my youtube channel because i have started a vlog i was <laughs> like what's going on exactly exactly so at least the technology has evolved so much and at the same time the price of technology has come down and the affordability of people has also increased right the income mm. levels have increased so overall things have changed drastically i would say and i'm really curious about what our future is going to look like mm. wow. it's so now that you have mentioned the word future now that we have spoke about the past let's continue and uh you know talk about this how would the future would look like like when you say pervasive computing definitely it's not pervasive computing till now so i mean it's not ubiquitous completely it is not available each and every no corner of the world uh, uh i guess you have you might have watched the uh, movie called lucy right in that uh, it it shows that no, concept of you know uh, no uh, that that's a great movie actually because it 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 sh- shakes you from the bottom when you see uh, that movie because it demonstrates how if if the computing power is given to each and every cell uh, around you each and every atom around you how would that world look like so that movie has demonstrated it i do, i mm-hmm. would definitely uh, suggest you to go back and watch that movie because it's such a, uh, it's very well portrayed also in that movie Hey there this is Sai Prakash from Future Time and I just wanted to correct myself here saying that this movie was not about uh the cyber physical systems computing but it was about human brain computing ability or human using their brains to the fullest what would happen but essentially that was all about computing so please excuse me on that and definitely please do watch that movie because it gives you a sense beat human beings or uh, beat computers if they go to their fullest potential of uh, you know being ubiquitous what would the world look like uh, i'll let you now listen to the remaining part of the episode so how 
you know uh, how would then definitely it's great if that you have not watched the movie because now i'll get to know what is your perception about the future of uh, computing <laughs> so if you can yeah. uh, share you know share some light on that yeah they definitely so since you touched about the movie part i am going to talk about a web series mm-hmm. okay on uh, amazon uh, or the prime video mm-hmm. you have something called as upload it is yeah, again about fast forward future like how the world is going to look like in 2030 so it is very interesting like wherein you will see the drones flying and the autonomous cars driving and taking people to various destinations and various electronic equipments and devices talking to each other so on and so forth so in my opinion the future of uh, pervasive computing is very bright mm-hmm. and uh, all those things which we used to watch as uh, fantasies in the science fiction movies mm-hmm. right in the last 5 to 10 years they are going to become reality because if you look at some of the products okay like uh, or some of the Uh, technologies like telepresence virtual reality augmented reality and all these things right they used to be portrayed in some of the hollywood movies mm-hmm. right way back in uh, 80s 90s or probably 2000 and at one point in time when we watched those movies we were we used to think hey you know this particular technology imagine if this technology was uh, available and all now fast forward we are already living in that technology okay. so going forward like maybe if we think about one of the scenarios i'll talk about uh, say using a public transport okay unlike metros okay which is very polished and i would like to talk about a general example mm-hmm. think about a, a bus stand kind of scenario mm-hmm. okay and uh, especially in a city like hyderabad or any ma- major metro city that you take if you consider this uh, state run or the corporation run uh, buses mm-hmm. right they are uh, infamous for coming running late exactly. and having too much of uh, rush so on and so forth right mm-hmm. so what i am anticipating is maybe this particular concept of this bus stop will become adaptive bus scheduling uh-huh. okay wherein when i say adaptive bus scheduling probably autonomous buses might be plying on the road mm. and uh, without any driver without a conductor as such mm-hmm. and everything enabled through smart card similar to how we are using metro Metros. today mm. and uh, people yeah people standing at that particular bus station mm. okay they will get to know exactly okay in how much time the bus is going to arrive and the current location Oh. so on and so forth and not only that not only that the bus is going to stop only if there are passengers that are going to deboard the bus and at the same time if it finds movement in the bus stop wherein somebody is approaching the bus so everything will be automatic oh. and with almost zero manual intervention i would say and how does it help someone maybe all these uh, buses will ply on time mm-hmm. and since they will be integrated with gps and all they will decide the best possible route mm-hmm. so that all the passengers can reach their destination on time mm-hmm. and at the same time corporation might uh, come up with a rule saying that hey how about uh, passenger occupancy right mm-hmm. then probably it will run 
internal algorithm in case if the occupancy rate is very low it might trigger an algorithm and generate an instant offer saying that there will be 50% discount now in case if you board it and it will give comparison to boarding a bus versus metro obviously bus is cheaper compared to metro mm. right likewise it is going to collaborate with other platforms and determine the best possible rate and try mm. to attract the customers when i say customers the passengers to get onboarded so this is one kind of scenario with regard to the transportation and i'll also talk about uh, one more scenario with regard to food stuff management mm-hmm. and when it comes to food stuff management these days uh, we have uh, normal refrigerators or probably side by side refrigerator or a three door refrigerator or inverter refrigerator so on <laughs> and so forth but when it comes to this uh, smart refrigerator right mm. it will be connected to the internet the first place correct and second one it might be linked to your amazon or any of your grocery mart application like big basket or grofers mm-hmm. or amazon pantry or flipkart mm-hmm. or spencers you name anything right and once it is integrated the fridge is going to monitor the stuff that is available in the refrigerator mm. and see if any items are going to expire very soon if certain items are going to expire then it will send an alert message to the user or the consumer saying that hey you know some uh, cabbage that you have brought uh, one week ago is not used i think you have you may have to throw it mm-hmm. okay and that person immediately responds to it that is one aspect of it second one is in case if uh, the fridge notices that uh, uh, it is running out of milk mm-hmm. it is going to ask the user the permission saying that hey you are running out of milk do you want me to place an order from amazon Mm-hmm. all this guy has to do is click yes or no and if at all he or she clicks yes then automatically the order transaction it. happens within the smart refrigerator yeah a smart refrigerator is placing an order on behalf of this guy wow and amazon or the so called grocer is going to deliver the product at the doorstep mm-hmm. and all this person is has to do is just pick up the milk packets or the bottles and put it in the refrigerator that is the second part of the refrigerator scenario and coming to the third part of the refrigerator scenario let's assume the big basket or the grofers or whoever has fulfilled the order this mm. guy has this guy has ordered broccoli but uh, uh, or uh, this guy has ordered zucchini but somehow corgets was delivered okay or mm. zucchini was delivered but the barcode says corgets were delivered mm-hmm. okay and the fridge is going to do a validation whether zucchini ah. is delivered or corgets are delivered and in case if there is a mismatch then it is going to send a message to the customer saying that hey you know those zucchini was delivered the barcode says as corget mm. so when you are going to cook a recipe make sure you consider the weight in kilograms but not in pounds wow. or the vice versa that way user will be very alert likewise we see a lot of uh, potential okay wherein mm. the job of the human being or all of us as a consumers is going to be taken over by the smart devices in the next few years but my only worry is we are going to make we are going to get 
further lazy yeah because already already many of us are working from home and we started getting used to this online or the e-commerce platforms in terms of placing orders and all with very very minimal physical activity and majority of us are spending time on the smartphones or getting addicted to social media or maybe doing a binge watching on netflixes or the amazon primes so on and so forth so while the future is very exciting but we got to be very conscious and cautious about the negative consequences that are going to happen because of this advancement in the mm. technology this is very pathetic uh, to think about uh, uh, really because even i can reflect upon myself and see that you know earlier when i was used to uh, when i used to uh, you know this smart watch uh, the number of steps you are watching uh, walking has become a major metric these days at least for me uh, it shows how much uh, uh, physically you are active at least in the day uh, when i used to uh, uh, go to the office physically uh, usually it was anywhere around i had a certain target of 11000 steps every day and easily i used to reach uh, that and mm-hmm. it used to uh, roughly go to some 12000 every uh, every day uh, unless if i go to some grocery it would go to up to 16000 i used to walk a lot i loved walking a lot just you know plugging in earphones in my ears and uh, but now the in the lockdown hardly when i go to sleep until i am going to sleep i don't realize that i didn't walk at all today because it's just sitting at the desktops uh, all day and uh, we don't even uh, realize that fact although i am uh, you know uh, i am into yoga and i am doing a lot of this stuff this there has to be some uh, you know kind of uh, you know routine that we have to set uh, uh, probably where we we definitely walk you know although i do yoga uh, you know walking has its own uh you know uh beauty to it i don't know why but i really feel uh you know uh, again uh, energized when i go for a walk that's you know that's what i just wanted to share but uh, definitely uh, i am missing out on that and uh, we are definitely with this uh, covid and we are afraid to just go out without any uh, reason so that's uh, you know that's a you know very kind of uh, paradoxical thing i we, we don't know when this will end but this is this is great yeah. that you have brought in uh, all the concepts that the, i re- was really amazed by the uh, uh, thing that all the things that uh, my fridge can do uh, i was uh, we were recently you know considering to replace our fridge probably will consider in some will consider in some more time and wait for much more smarter fridge to fridge to come in the market but what exactly this pervasive computing uh would how how would it play a vital role uh in coherence with iot i know you know uh, definitely they uh, you know it sounds similar iot and pervasive computing are sounding similar but uh, uh what is the difference basically and how they can work together yeah that's a fantastic question like if you consider the properties mm-hmm. of uh, pervasive computing mm-hmm. right it starts with uh, say context awareness and then human computer interaction and then intelligence and then 
distribution or the distributed system and then the autonomous can can you elaborate on you, those terms yeah i'm going to talk about each one of them yeah sure so context awareness let's assume uh think about our own situation is sai the same person when he is in office versus when he is along with his friends versus when he is talking to his parents no definitely not why uh we have to you know bring in those attributes when we are uh, uh, the the professional attribute when we are in the office the chilled out attribute when with we are with friends and uh, the same with the uh, parents i mean the, the whatever is required at parents and so on okay so that is in in my opinion that is nothing but context awareness mm. right i have a habit of uh, turning my phone into silent mode the moment i enter into office mm-hmm. right so by looking at the my gps location by looking at the time in the day in future if my if my smartphone right is further smart and if it is able to uh, analyze the context it it has to automatically turn my phone into silent mode when i am in office and the moment i come back to home by looking at my again gps coordinates mm-hmm. and the time it has to take bring my phone back to the normal mode so that is one of the properties of uh, pervasive computing right so for this to happen what are some of the things that are required one is your gps location mm-hmm. right and uh, other one is access to your uh, time right and who is doing that mm-hmm. it is the computer right it is it is a device that you are carrying the smartphone itself is able to determine your location and it already knows the time and based on that since you are have been turning your phone into silent mode over a period of time it understands the pattern mm. and it is going to turn the mode or change the mode right so that is the first property of uh, pervasive computing mm. so in this situation if you observe the computational capability and access to the network all these are coming into picture mm-hmm. right and uh, second aspect is about hci when i say hci stands for human computer interaction mm-hmm. for example these days many of us are relying on this uh, amazon alexas or the apple series or the google voice assistants and all right mm-hmm. hey alexa can you turn on the light hey alexa can you uh, play the upload series for me on amazon right likewise mm-hmm. or hey alexa can you read the news for me mm-hmm. what's happening here you're trying to interact with the computer right the smartphone or the smart tv that you are holding in your home right that is communicating with you and that part is called as human to computer interaction and if you observe the smartphone or the smart tv it is again connected to the internet mm-hmm. so there is a computer there is a network there is a processor everything and when it comes to this human computer interaction again there are two main categories one of them is implicit human computer interaction and the other one is explicit human computer interaction mm-hmm. i'll talk about the implicit human computer interaction for example you have this face recognition 
feature on your smartphones or the fingerprint uh, recognition on your smartphone. Mm -hmm. If you are explicitly using your fingerprint, right, to open the lock, mm -hmm. that is your explicit computer, human computer interaction. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are looking at your smartphone mm -hmm. with an intent saying that it has to open or unlock for me, that is implicit human computer interaction. Ah. I'll give you one other example. Again, this can be, uh, I'll give you one more uh, example, not related to smartphones and all. Mm -hmm. Think about uh, a smart home kind of environment. Of course, not everybody in India is able to afford smart homes, mm -hmm. except for a few uh, gifted few who are living in some premium gated communities and all. For them, majority of the stuff that we are speaking is already available. Mm -hmm. Right? They are living and breathing in that. Mm -hmm. Right? So in this case, if at all, you, you're planning to turn on a light, okay, in a dark room, mm -hmm. okay, and uh, you're simply walking into the dark room and manual is turning on the light with the tap of a button, mm -hmm. right? That is explicit interaction. Whereas you simply walked into the dark room and automatically lights have turned on because of motion detection through sensors that are available out there. Mm -hmm. That is implicit computer interaction, right? Yeah. So this is the second aspect and third aspect of it is distributed computing. Distributed computing. The best example is you and I are geographically separated, but we are unified on this particular platform talking to each other mm -hmm. and you are on a different device, different network, mm -hmm. different configuration. But how is this possible that... because of distributed computing? Mm -hmm. And if you notice your computing network, Again, both of them have come into picture, mm -hmm. right? And the fourth aspect of it is intelligence. Mm -hmm. When I say intelligence, it's about ability to think or ability to suggest something, right? For example, think about uh, you have a habit of posting a status on WhatsApp every day, mm -hmm. right? I have the habit of posting a status on my WhatsApp and also publishing some content on social media every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, my Siri is going to wait till 11 o'clock. Okay. And in case if I don't do anything on phone, it pops up a message saying that, Hey, do you want to consider posting a message on WhatsApp or Facebook? Mm. Right. So that is nothing but the intelligence. Mm. And fifth part about it is autonomous. What do you mean by autonomous? It is something beyond automatic, right? I'll tell one basic example. You have these automatic cars today. Mm. And many companies like Uber, Samsung, right? Google, all these companies have started doing a lot of R&D and they have invested a lot in these autonomous cars. So what is the difference mm. between automatic system versus an auto autonomous system. If you consider the general automatic computer, automatic car, the, the gearbox itself is automatic in nature. You don't mm. have to shift the gears manually, just Correct. that you put, you put the gear in the drive mode and automatically the shifting is taken care. So that is nothing mm. but automatic. Mm. But what is autonomous? It is probably 10 steps beyond automatic, wherein the car itself is driving on its own. 
mm. without without hitting anybody else who is flying on the road and all and how is it possible again because of sensors because of network because of computing capability so on and so forth and if you consider all the examples that i've mentioned they are not happening in a lab kind of environment or a research setup kind of environment Correct. they are happening anywhere and everywhere that's why mm. computing is pervasive wow that's very well put that's very well put so how does it you know uh, so you does that mean that pervasive computing and iot are on the same page or uh, yeah i would say yeah i think i missed uh, answering that part of it so let me clarify mm-hmm. so today we are talking about computers talking to each other or people talking to computers so on and so forth but mm-hmm. iot right when i say iot the internet of things it's about your light bulb or probably your phone uh, of course phone is bad example in case of iot because phone has been in existence for a long time but think about your air conditioner think about mm-hmm. your appliances that are sitting in your home and all right mm-hmm. uh, in the smart refrigerator example that's a very good example of internet of things which means your fridge is getting an ip address and that ip address is validated and linked with your e-commerce or the gro- or the gross online com- online grocery account right mm-hmm. so i would say iot enables the pervasive computing right uh, because iot internet of things will become a reality of course it it has been progressing steadily but it will again get fast forwarded once 5g gets released and the, why are we waiting for the 5g because we need the network infrastructure to support such a huge volume of data exchange right so here in the examples that i mentioned the refrigerator sensing whether the food items that are available in the refrigerator have reached their expiry date or not it's all happening because of sensors and each of these sensor is connected to the internet and they're reading the data and they are uploading that data to some cloud and from there whatever the data that has been collated it will be processed and it will be generated in the form of information so that the user can make a decision right so mm. think about a particular scenario like healthcare let's assume or maybe i'll i'll stick to the autonomous car concept like uh, recently i have attended uh, a con- a conference by zino last week and uh, i happened to attend one of the keynote speaker one of the keynote sessions on uh, the voice assistants in the autonomous cars and all mm-hmm. so the ceo of the company named uh, serin he has shared certain use cases okay wherein uh someone is traveling in their car of course it is not a self driven car but it is driven by the humans yeah. say for example sai is you are driving your own car along with your friends mm. and you happen to visit your you happen to visit your friend's place and uh, the moment you get into uh, the car and key in your destination then it is going to check internally what is the best possible route for you because from one city to another city you have so many different options that are available and depending on what you want to do in between in route like do you want to visit some places in between or do you want to uh hang out in a restaurant 
uh, or you want to take a power nap in between based on that right based on your current location and the destination it is going to give you appropriate path and in between mm. if at all you pass through any uh, uh, heritage city kind of thing or any heritage site mm. this voice assistant is going to read out for you saying that hey you know think about hyderabad hyderabad situation you have been to orangal mm. the moment you went to orangal uh, let's assume you are supposed to go to a place called narsampet from hyderabad mm. and in between the moment you enter hyderabad uh, you enter orangal mm. it will tell you orangal was ruled by kakatiya uh, rule, mm. uh, kingdom and uh, you know there are prominent temples like thousand pillar temple bhadrakali temple and there is uh, a, a lake and there is uh something called as orangal fort and these are all various places which are within the vicinity mm. you may want to drop by and wow. in case if you want to drop by then it is going to listen to that instruction if they say yes do you want me to book a room on airbnb or the oyos or whatever it is mm. and right now it is going to check you know there is one uh, airbnb facility available within 1 km and right now there are two rooms available if you book now you'll get it with so and so discount do you want me to go ahead uh-huh. and if the answer is yes or no based on that the decision takes place and then this car will i mean the voice assistant in the car is going to take these people to the concerned destination and it acts as a virtual guide as well talking about uh, the prominence of the place and so on and so forth and at the same time it also reminds saying that hey guys this is not your final destination you are supposed to go to kamam okay, which is again about 200 kilometers from here so you may want to wake up at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning so that you will be there by 10 o'clock to attend the marriage at 11 o'clock correct right so if you consider this the voice assistant the simple voice assistant that we are talking about right mm. it is connected to your car stereo it is connected to the internet and it is talking to the oyo rooms or the or the airbnbs mm. and it is talking to the google maps it is talking to the nearest fuel stations or the restaurants so on and so forth don't you think it is an internet of things exactly yeah i really look forward for a, you know such a journey actually or you know in a completely autonomous car someday but uh, <laughs> yeah you know it, it's also it, it is not only that but also there's a element of digital wellbeing i uh, assume as uh, you know uh, uh, as we are uh you know getting as we as we have got we we are in a kind of transient period where we have got so much addicted to you know the using these apps and technology and all these things and then that's where this intelligence uh comes in and uh, takes us away from device and does whatever the manual work we do on these devices also like for example there is uh, in this android 11 Uh, version there is something called as digital wellbeing that is added and what it does is uh, uh, mm-hmm. it it basically uh, you have to set up few your work hours your timings from what day to what day is your working hours and uh, what are your timings and all and also for each app that you usually use much it shows you what uh, it asks you to set a timer for each app like what happens is uh, say for example you have set your work hours from 9 am to 5 pm every day from monday to friday from monday to friday 
once the clock hit nine uh, hits nine it goes on a focus mode and it disables all the apps that you have added to the list like say for example your instagram whatsapp linkedin mm-hmm. uh, our linkedin you'll open up in, on your laptop mm-hmm. because people tend to use i don't know even at least i use while working parallelly but definitely all the other apps it uh, shuts it down no matter what you were doing on that it ad- abruptly shuts it down and uh, uh, you know it gives you a reminder that you know you have to now focus on your work and also in between that if you try to open them then it shows up a notification saying you know this app will not work at this particular time but if you have any urgency you can use it for 5 minutes you have to kind of take a permission uh, say allow for 5 minutes and then use it after 5 minutes exactly it will again shut down so that's uh, a element new element that's added as a digital well being so that's that's a good thing and i am saying you know like from the time this technology has come in we were kind of addicted to it and now now we are addicted to it now it is again taking us back to the normal uh making us uh, probably making us more lazy or maybe uh making us uh dragging us to, back to the natural life uh, that we had and uh, handling all the stuff by itself i don't know that's that's again a debatable thing but uh, yeah that, that was a great uh, <laughs> uh point to end with uh, do you have anything to add on to this thing see uh my take is very simple like instead of blaming the technology it's all about within us correct because i'll tell you my own example even i used to uh, i used to access whatsapp for about 1 to 2 hours a day mm. once once upon a time right and uh, last year i think uh, not to be precise uh, jan 22nd uh, 2020 mm. i decided like i should stop using whatsapp and i was there on digital detox for about 9 months right oh so when it comes to this technology adoption and all it is good because mm-hmm. many times what happens is if if uh, these days there is a new app uh, in the market for the apple users called clubhouse mm-hmm. the reason people sign up for these uh, applications one of the main reasons is fomo which is called as fear of missing out yes. saying that okay if, what happens if you don't know about it mm-hmm. but the moment you get there again the things will get so compelling and you will start uh joining them and you'll not notice how much time you are spending so okay. in my opinion it's all about us we we got to be very mindful about what is the purpose that you are going to use that particular application or technology for mm-hmm. and have a clear cut uh, instruction for yourself because no one is watching you mm-hmm. of course when you are a kid probably your parents might be watching you and helping you put in the right uh, direction and all but all of us are adults right we got to be mindful about ourselves I'll, i i strictly follow one thing which is about not checking whatsapp or any of the social media until uh, 11 am in the morning or 10:30 am depending on the time i wake up like mm-hmm. first one and a half hours i don't touch any of the social media stuff the reason is very simple because even if you get a message from someone you will be tempted to uh, respond to that Correct. and again soon after that something else comes up and it will ruin your day especially for me i work out every day in the morning mm. like first one and a half hour is very very important for me and it's all most like my me time mm. that's why I, i try to not distract myself and all and i've been following that for a very long time and i'm going to follow that as well so one other thing which i want to start practicing is 
like uh, not using devices for about one to two hours before sleep also. Of course, due to my nature of work and all, I'm compelled to use laptops, but at least uh, on the personal phone perspective, probably I need to start doing that uh -huh. so that we can control, we can control the control of smartphone on us. Right? <laughs> that's very well put. That, that's my take. That's very well put. Exactly. That's that's the best note to end the podcast with. And also, I would like to add, if you are so much compelled to use a smartphone and do something, then do listen to the podcast. You have podcasts like the Guiding Wise podcast and the Bell Coyote podcast. If you have anything to... And you get, you'll definitely get a lot of things to learn with. And you don't have to look at your screen. You just have to put your phone back in your back pocket, plug in your earphones and go for a walk. That's the best way to take a walk. Even I do that thing. This is not advertisement, but that is that is how I listen to the other podcasts. I, so uh, with that note, let me end this podcast. And uh, thanks a lot, Naveen, uh, for your time today. It was one of the you know uh, interesting podcasts that I've recorded till now. And uh, you know, which touched upon different aspects and uh, in general, what pervasive uh, computing looks like. Uh, uh, thanks a lot for your time today, you. Thanks for having me and uh, to all the Bell Coyote listeners, do check out uh, the Guiding Voice podcast and I'm sure there will be something to learn from each and every episode and also I assure you that in case if you guys have any suggestions on the topics on my podcast, definitely you're most welcome. So I, I'm assuming uh, Sai would be publishing link to my podcast in the show notes and all. So do visit and feel free to connect with me on social media. And thanks again, Sai, for this wonderful opportunity. Keep up the great work. And I'm also passionate about this IoT stuff. So good to see you uh, growing in this area and wish you all the very best. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And I'll definitely link both your uh, podcast and your uh, LinkedIn uh, profile link in the show notes. Do check it out, guys. Thanks a lot. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. All right, that brings us to the end of this podcast episode and I hope you really like this episode. If you did like this episode uh, or any other episodes from this podcast, please do share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and anyone whom you know who might be interested in Internet of Things. And with that, also please do subscribe or follow where you're getting this podcast from so that next time, whenever I drop uh, another interesting podcast episode, you'll get notified and you can right away jump onto it and listen to it so that you don't miss out any useful information also i'm sharing a lot of information and uh, you know uh, help few tidbits uh, around iot uh, on my instagram and uh, linkedin accounts so please make sure you follow the, me there also all the links are in the show notes i'll see you next time until then keep doing awesome as always